A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. You're listening to Star Wars Beyond the Films, the official expanded universe podcast of StarWarsReport.com. There is a great disturbance in the force. That's right, Whistler. Welcome to episode 270 of Star Wars Beyond the Films, your Star Wars discussion podcast, your podcast of legends, as well as canon, your ticket to that galaxy far, far away. Our episodes broadcast on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and even on Spotify, as well as right on our own Twitter and Facebook pages at SW Beyond Films. Hey, but enough about how you got here. Let's get the show started. I'm one of your hosts, the defender of the EU, the champion of the multiverse, the bipolar Star Wars fan, Mark Hurlum, and with me like a lightsaber in a Jedi's hands, the doctor of timelines and a Wookiee-sized Star Wars fan in his own right, our own Dr. Jim Lehane! I will not go into the images that came into my head when you're like a lightsaber in a Jedi's hand. I'm like, <laughs> what rating is this show? I rewrote um, that twice. Also, it sound better. And it sounded worse. <laughs> <laughs> also, I believe you said Star Wars Beyond the Film, um, as opposed to films. That's about right. So we're we're just all over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah. It's it's early on the West Coast. I, I don't have those extra three hours you do to wake up right. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm not a morning person, so um, that works out, right? Those extra three hours are just that's when when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep, 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 yep. Well. Here at Star Wars Beyond the Films, we ask the tough questions. Questions that have bothered you for a long time, or simple ones that have perplexed you off and on. You ponder about Star Wars, and so do we. This episode, we're going to be focusing on the comics of 2022. Now, consider this your spoiler warning, Beyonders and Sentience of All Ages, because here we go on another adventure, Beyond the Films. When we look at the comics back across the year, it seems like we got at least one comic every single week. Mm. Like, especially, like, um, I had a a couple of major issues trying to get the comics during the year. I don't know if I've, I've mentioned this on this show. Um, my comic book store was super local, like super small. Mm. It was basically a glorified closet. <laughs> I've had one of those. And apparently they had problems with their Marvel distributor, and they just stopped getting in Marvel comics. Oh, that's major. And I knew, I knew they had, yeah, well, I knew they had problems because they, they don't always get in all the comics, but they don't realize they don't get in all the comics. So I'd always have, like, have to pick things up on eBay and stuff like mm-hmm. that or... Um, uh, Midtown Comics are like like one of the comic shops, right? And uh, like I went there just before Celebration in April to find out what are you missing so I could pick it up at Celebration. 
Well, turns out I was missing everything for the last two months because they had <sighs> nothing. Oh, that's a stomach drop. Yeah, well, I go to Celebration, and Celebration has almost no comics. Like, nobody is selling, like, the back issue comics at all. And so I couldn't find any of those. Um, come around June, they, my comic book store still doesn't have any comics. And I told them, I'm like, uh, I'm trying to support local business, but you guys literally are not giving me anything. And so I'm making it real hard, bro. Yeah, I went to another comic book store, which is a bit bigger out of Syracuse. But even then, they're still missing comics here and there. And it's not like it's the random comics. It's like the main Star Wars line. I just skip like I just missed the last issue. Like I went beginning of December um, and they just didn't have the issue before that. And I'm like, what is like what is going on? Right. This should be. Like, par for the course for a comic book shop. <laughs> One of the major distributors, too. I mean, it's not yeah, like it's like, like, like an image comic or something, you know, Valiant or something. Yeah, and so, yeah, so I, like, I ended up getting all the comics, theoretically, I don't think I missed any, um, mm-hmm. from the time between my two comic book shop holds, but I've still, like, I haven't been there since the beginning of December, and... Lord knows I probably don't even have all the comics. It's about 40 minutes away from me, um, mm-hmm. so it is a trek to get there, and it's not near anything I normally go to. Um, if it was next to Lowe's, that would be golden. Right. So I'm there every week um, at least. <laughs> but, yeah, we have quite a number of uh, publishings. I think we could generally break them down um, – by the uh, storylines, because you have the the main bulk of the comics all take place now between um, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. They're all overlapping stories that are kind of dealing with um, Crimson Dawn. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the main Star Wars run, Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra, and Bounty Hunters are all dealing with the the Crimson Dawn arcs between those two. They all take place concurrently. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the um, the the one shot series of Crimson Reign and Hidden Empire uh, that are tie into those. You got another comic called Revelations that ties into that, and then we have the other comics that don't really tie into those time periods. Um, there's not much. Um, besides, like, you have the High Republic, which is your next big section right. of comics. But we didn't get much because we were kind of between um, Phase 1 and Phase 2 for most of the year. We got a little Mandalorian, but again, that one also is more Disney+. Plus. So the content we're getting for that tends to be, like, remakes of the story. Nothing new content-wise. It, it, yeah, it's 100% just a remake of the story, um, the Mandalorian comics. I don't even know how many we're getting of that. It just keeps coming. <laughs> no, and that, that's almost smart because, like, they did the same thing with the New Jedi Order, right? When the series came out, it was 19 books. They waited till the 19 book series was over before they went back and told the comic story. Um, that was smart. Granted, the comic story didn't have the successful conclusion that uh, Randy Stradley thought it had, but I, I like the way yeah. that they went about that because it didn't have that that conflict of storytelling when you had two different groups telling stories that don't always uh, communicate what they're doing. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I'd say the the biggest comic news of the year is the fact that they went from like you have Marvel as your main comic lines for Star Wars, obviously because Disney owns Marvel, it's just easiest to um, have Marvel be your publisher. But then they have a secondary publisher. Theoretically, I think for the younger age groups, but it doesn't always line up like that. Like some of those comics mm-hmm. did not feel like they were directed towards younger age groups. But we went from IDW at the beginning of the year uh, back to Dark Horse at the end of the year. And right. the way that the the, com- the publishings went is we only got four IDW comics over the course of the beginning of the year through I, from January through March, I think was the last one. And then they switched it to Dark Horse, which we only again got about four comics published when they switched over around October or November. And they Dark Horse just took over the, the basic storyline that IDW was doing, right? They're not doing anything new content to them. They're picking up what was there before, right? Yeah, so IDW had two main lines. They had the High Republic Adventures, which mm-hmm. was obviously High Republic. Um, and mostly it was a continuous story. And right. so it was uh, one storyline set in the High Republic time period. That was and then the they older also story, had... right? Uh, oh, Dan- story? Uh, D- Daniel Jose older. I thought I'm like older. Yeah, well, it's an older time period. <laughs> right. Like, what are you talking about? Older story. It was <laughs> yeah, that goes the year. Soon. It's older in the year. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Daniel Jose older, <laughs> the author. Um, it is his story. But they also had a um, I think this is the more kid directed line. Star Wars Adventures, where they would put mm-hmm. two comics, in, two stories in every comic that sometimes connected to, like, the next comic, which drove me bonkers um, because you have literally enough room for an entire story, but you're breaking it up in two comics so you can have two stories in the one comic, but that story is now split between comics because you don't have enough room for... Really? (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so they had the Star Wars Adventures line, which only one comic even came out of uh, this year in the IDW. Dark Horse picking it up. They changed the name of the Star Wars Adventures to now it's Hyperspace Stories. And instead of Mm. two stories, it's been one story in each of the comics. But again, they're mostly throwaway stories that don't have a set time period. They bounce around the timeline and they don't have any impact on almost Uh. anything. I believe I think when um, Nathan was co-host back a while ago, there was one of these Star Wars adventure stories that had an impact, and it was how uh, Han Solo's ship got stolen. And that mm. was it. Um, That's of, almost a he, bummer that, that they brought Dark Horse back to tell stories that for all intents and purposes are basically pointless and worthless. Like when, yeah. when I heard Dark Horse was coming back, I was so excited. I was like, oh my god, please let them delve back into Legends. Could you imagine if they would have let Dark Horse comics tell legend stories like <laughs> like i'd have been beyond my myself i'd be like holy crap dude this is heaven <laughs> yeah we're still uh, we're still so early uh, like i said they've only released four comics so there's no guarantee that we won't see something like that i'm not holding my breath because right. it's there's no indication that we are um their other comic line is literally still called the high republic adventures um, and it, it's basically, as opposed to the High Republic Adventures from IDW, this is the same setup, um, High Republic Adventures, except for now we're in Phase 2 of the High Republic, and mm. it is set um, 
150 years, I think, off the top of my head before the phase one. Um, but it's still just a continuing story that follows. And I don't think this one is actually by Daniel Jose Older um, this time, mm. but I would have to double check that off the top of my head. Sharing the credits, huh? Interestingly enough, though, it's just like with the books. You know, the books were kind of really mainly focusing on one era in the uh, original trilogy, and then the rest of it was mostly all the Old Republic, or High Republic, I mean. Uh, this is doing the same thing. You know, Crimson Dawn is definitely the big push. And ironically, like, my collection of comics has shifted. Like, when I was, well, even four or five years ago, I was collecting every single uh, single that came out, right? I was getting them as soon as they came out. I wanted to know the story. I didn't want to be spoiled by anything. Now I'm on the other side of that where I would rather wait and get the collections and have my, you know, my shelves have the collection of the trades versus the singles. Um, but it's definitely made my desire to be like, Oh, I got to read that comic like gone. Like <laughs> I haven't read a comic for star Wars all year. Like I, I think if I did, it was it was a Vader one with uh, Sabe in it, and and you know that was about it. I mean, I was more into the books and stuff, but I'm waiting now for these collections that are starting. I mean, I think the first one, uh, the Crimson Dawn one's finally in its trade, but we're starting to get these where they're now getting collected. And now I'm going to come back and get into them. There is just so much going on in the comics that I don't think people are paying attention to. I mean, you know, you've got things going on right now with the Bad Batch with the clones and stuff. But with Vader and the Afra story, there is a lot of Empire background things going on in those stories that I think people are just missing out on. Yeah, like like I said, they um, one thing that the the Marvel did that drives me bonkers is previously when you have a continuing story arc, they group them into arcs, mm-hmm. like like the, for the ongoing series. Like this will be. Um, such and such issue one, such and such issue two, through that five episode, five issue arc, they're no longer naming the issues for arcs. And so each issue has its own name. And so, like, some of them have arcs like Crimson, Crimson Rain, mm-hmm. hate that word, um, <laughs> uh, has an arc, but each individual, like, if you look on the inside cover of the the issue it doesn't tell you it doesn't say crimson rain like issue 20 of star wars crimson rain dangerous lessons it just says dangerous lessons and so the cover will say crimson rain because so that you know it's overlapping with the crimson rain um uh one shot five one shot arc or whatever i don't know what they're called i call them one Mm -hmm. one one shot arcs Mm -hmm. um but then you get when it crimson rain's done it just keeps going with these one issue names and so i can't you can't lump them together into number one through five and i'm like that's always been a downside with marvel too i mean as as a marvel fan going back into the 90s with spider-man and x-men and stuff it's like you'll be following along with the story and then it's like oh but but the part you need is over here in this comic that you don't collect because for some reason we tied the two together and now you got to go get that one issue from that other line to know what the hell happened. Like, no, God, no. <laughs> Nothing makes me more mad. <laughs> All right. So with the main um, comic series is we'll call it like anything. The, the four comic lines are four, four of the ongoing series that take place between empire and Jedi 
Um, there are three major events that are occurring for those. One of them was in 2021, and then uh, one was the beginning of 2022, mm-hmm. and then the third one is continuing off. It kicked off right at the very end of 2022, so we'll t- briefly touch on that. Crimson Rain is the second part. Um, I'm trying to remember what the first part was off the top of my head. War of the Bounty Hunters, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So it's yeah, weird that first... it all spawned out of the bounty hunters, though. <laughs> well, it's it's like War of the Bounty Hunters came out in twenty twenty one, and it was mostly like literally you had I, I counted them at one point. There was probably over thirty five comics that overlapped Damn. with each other between all the series and all the one shots and everything, and it took place over the matter of a couple hours. <laughs> Wow. Like, it was it was ridiculous. Maybe a couple days. Maybe, like, if you ex- extend everything out. And then, like, basically this is um, Kira and Crimson Dawn are coming back. Um, they kick off the War of the Bounty Hunters to try and to capture Han Solo, who's in Carbonite, and sell him off to the highest bidder. But really, they want Kira wants to take down um, Vader and Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Because she knows that they're Sith lords and that they need to be taken out, and so that's the start of it was to get Han Solo to kind of get everybody to play play ball together. Mm. Crimson Rain is the second part of that three part series, and then Hidden Empire is the third part, which just started. Like I said, War of the Bounty Hunters was a lot of. Um, a lot of it was a lot of weirdness because all these comics crossing over when they were released didn't really make sense with where you're reading them in the story like if you Mm -hmm. read them in release order it still did not overlap because you know you have delays in publishing which throws things out of whack and so you're trying to follow along with the story but the story's not lining up where they released it and even in the back of the comic, they released the order of the comics, and that didn't make sense entirely. Um, and so it was You're weird. Like, Who's putting this out, Fox? <laughs> yeah, but then you come to Crimson Rain, and it is much less tied together. There's much less um, cohesion between the storylines. Mm. And a lot of them just say Crimson Rain to say Crimson Rain. Like, I, I don't, I, I like to tell you that it's taking place at the same time, I would assume, but they do mm-hmm. not impact each other whatsoever. Oh, so the comics even... did the, the journey to, basically. The journey to nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like, little, like Darth Vader, the, com- the Darth Vader comic series, like, touched on parts that were important Star Wars, the comic series, touched on parts that were important. I'd say Bounty Hunters was probably the most important, but I hate Bounty Hunters. Right. Um, (laughs) Bounty Hunters felt like it was like a big push to bring uh, Valiant back or whatever that one guy's name from Legends. Yeah, Valence. It was like, hey, we brought him back. (laughs) Bounty Hunters is so all over the place. Like, it is so hard to keep track of the storyline, and it is... Like, like they just have they have jumps and leaps in logic, and it's just all over the place. Doctor Afra, 
is probably the best series of the four, in my opinion. Darth Vader. I know a lot of people like Darth Vader. I have mm-hmm. my own personal issues with it. Um, Darth, <laughs> uh, Dr. Aphra is definitely one of the best, if not the best. Um, mm-hmm. But it was its connection to the um, overall Crimson series is loose at best. <laughs> Even when loose they're like limp. directly tied in, it's like forced tied in. Oh. Yeah, so they're like, we got our story over here that we could kind of tie it to your event. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean that makes sense. Like everybody's doing their own thing, and then like the the head honchos are like, hey, we really want to draw everyone in and kind of tie them together. What do you got? Well, we've got this going on in this time frame. Well, that works with all these characters. Well, those don't work, but we could always do this event. Well, that works. Like, <laughs> like no, think it out a little more, guys. Come on. You know. Yeah. With Crimson Rain, I, I like uh, the synopsis. After the dawn comes the rain. The story that began with War of the Bounty Hunters continues here in the second installment of a trilogy that will reshape the history of the Star Wars galaxy during the Age of Rebellion. Featuring the return of beloved characters, shocking twists, epic feats of the Force, and a story that will reach from Star Wars' darkest underworld all the way to the Imperial Palace on Coruscant, Crimson Rain is a Star Wars saga like no other. It sounds impressive. It does sound impressive. <laughs> and, I mean, I feel like the comics are really doing a big push to make Kira's character have almost a Prince Xizier kind of role. Like, you know, she's definitely the head of the underworld during this time frame, and they're really leaning on that, which I like because I love, uh, you know, the actress that plays Kira. Um, so seeing, you know, the bring the character back, is one of those things that, like, I think they need to do more of that with a lot of these characters that are just, like, secondary in these films and in these uh, TV shows and stuff, and give them more roles and stuff. Like, some of my favorite characters from Legends were the characters that were side characters. Karan Horn, um, Ganna Rysode, you know, things like that. Like, they just, even worse, Skitter, who didn't even have a lot of, of stuff. Like, what they did give us with him was was fun. So when you bring these characters back and you give them new new stories that kind of side quest what's going on. Like I, to me, that's more interesting. Like I want to know what they're doing and stuff. And so having Kira's having such a pivotal role in what's going on, like I'm curious to see where it goes, but I don't think it's going to end well for her because I mean, the end game with who she's playing with hasn't turned out well for anyone. Yeah. It's, and obviously we know where Vader and Palpatine end up. And so mm-hmm. we don't know where Kira ends up. And so like it could be one of those, they get killed off, theoretically, you know, Emperor gets killed off um, in the Death Star. And Kira goes on and lives a happy life off of that, after that. Like, we don't know what happens with her, but then that would be kind of anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also toying with this... Uh, Chosen child of the underworld is what I'll call her. Um, two underworld syndicates, uh, basically the leaders or children of these two underworld syndicates had a child, and that child is now the leader of these two syndicates, but everybody like wants her dead because they don't want this person to come into power, and that's where you get bounty hunters, trying to keep this child from being killed. Well, hmm. now the child's under the um, protection of Kira. And so that's where Kira gets drawn into this whole thing. 
And okay. so that like that's the entire bounty hunters arc is trying to either protect or kill this child depending on what part of the what group of the bounty hunters we're looking at. And so that's why I feel like that is the most tied into this series, but it's like yes, this child's been around for quite a while in these comic series. Is I still don't care about the child. <laughs> like I'm I'm curious with the main <laughs> run I'm noticing, you know, it goes Crimson Rain, Crimson Rain. Then we get the final hunt. Then we jump to an Obi-Wan and Anakin story. Uh, then the path of victory, good people. Like, does that become a jarring disconnect? Like, if you're reading about Crimson Rain and stuff, and then all of a sudden you're to Obi-Wan and Anakin. Like, well, it, though, the, it's actually um, so over the course of the year, we got um, Star Wars number 20 through 29 released. Um, mm-hmm. 20 through 23 slash 24 were all part of the Crimson Reign. And then in honor okay. of the 25th um, issue, which I believe tied in some, some other memorial thing, Charles Soule did a um, anthology issue. So it's actually four different stories that ties in with his other series is so okay. like one of the stories tied in with obi-wan and anakin that comic series one tied yeah, in with darth that's vader the lesson uh yeah so the vader and the anakin are both titled the lesson which makes me assume that they must kind of like be a part no one, part two kind of thing nope nope they're completely different they're all separate Weird. stories yeah they okay. just have the same name so the darth <laughs> vader one ties into his charles soul's run of darth vader um, the Kylo Ren one ties into the Kylo Ren comic, and then the Poe Dameron one it ties into the Poe Dameron comic. is actually the one of the only stories we have post the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, nice! You know that's that's cool and annoying at the same time because like if I was collecting these in the singles, that would be a comic that I'd be like, where is that? You know, I go to read it. I'm like, oh, I got to go way back into the past to find a comic that's got stories from all over the place. Like, ah! Yeah. yeah. And then uh. after that one, we kind of continue forward uh, towards the um, Hidden Empire crossover, which we did not. Re- we probably hit them in December. But like I said, I haven't I, I don't have the December comics yet. So I'm not so so what we're looking at then is. From 20 through 24, we've got one core story. 25 basically doesn't exist. And then when we get back to 26, it's probably picking up right at the end of 24's events or maybe a few weeks later. Yeah, like, really, what are we dealing with in time here? Between Mm -hmm. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, you have at most a year, not including the time period that the Empire Strikes Back takes place during. And so from the beginning of Empire to the beginning of Jedi, we have a year. Then there's that mush time of how long does Empire take place? Does it take place over three (laughs) hours? Or, like, how long is Luke on Dagobah? How long does it take Han and Leia to get to Cloud City? We don't know. They've never really told us. They kind of leave that as a mushy area um, on purpose because it gives them a buffer space. And so (laughs) we're looking at maybe ten months, nine months between the two, and we're running into, like... All like right now, they renumbered the comic series is starting with this new Empire Jedi. So, um, like the last one that came out, Star Wars number 29, that's 29 issues since, um, since Empire, not since they started the Star oh, okay. Wars line. Because the okay. Star Wars line, they had the this is like 
volume three, essentially, or right. volume two of the Star Wars line. And the Darth Vader is volume three, because volume one was Star Wars two, or A New Hope to Empire. Volume mm-hmm. two was just after Revenge of the Sith. And now volume three is again picking up Empire to Jedi. That makes sense, and I can get behind that. One of the things that drives me nuts is like, and Marvel does it a lot. Like, so uh, I'm a big Spider-Man and Marvel fan, or Marvel <laughs> Spider-Man and Venom fan, and like I'll be following Venom, and it'll be like up to like you know 28 or whatever in the series that I'm reading, and then all of a sudden the next one will go from 28 to 300, f- you know, because <laughs> it jumps back, like like even though the arcs are smaller numbers they're still like going from the very first venom told in like 1989 or whatever to today and they'll go back and forth like oh we're up to 500 but we want it to be accessible so we're going to start a new story arc and call it number 1 and then we'll get into that and we get about 20 issues in and then we're going to go back to the the 400 500 because hey now we're close to a 500 number and that sells comics it makes it very confusing when you're trying to follow a line when you go on 21, 22, 23, 548, 549. Like, what in the hell? Uh, so I like the way they're doing it with this. That that at least makes sense and, and dropping it into those time frames and then resetting the number like that. Um, plus, you know, you got the year it came out to also kind of help you. I like the way that that makes it a lot more clear than what Marvel does with some of their other lines. It's definitely something that makes me you know, feel a lot more uh, at ease with because as a collector and you're sitting there and you're looking at the numbers jumping, you're like, is there a 29 or is that 500 now 29? And you're like, I got to make sure I haven't missed something up or you're in that boat where you were, where you're like, I'm missing comics. There's parts of the story that I don't have. What the hell? Yeah. Like Darth Vader number three. What Darth Vader number (laughs) three? Are you talking about Darth Vader number three released in 20? 16 or Darth number number three released in 2019. I'm I'm making up the years. I have no idea. Right. 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 Like, and so it's one of those, like they don't really tell you when they reboot the numbers, which series you're in very well, or if all, Mm -hmm. uh, if at all. And so almost like they need those little era emblems. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, just something to tell you that you're like in volume three of Darth Vader comic series versus like, volume two and volume one and Mm -hmm. like even you're right like an era symbol like this story takes place in between empire and jedi which we're gonna call empire jedi time (laughs) because we have no originality right yeah we're gonna call it the crimson era (laughs) well with darth Right? With Darth Vader's Crimson Reign, we've got Red Revenge. Lady Kira not only insulted the Empire, but challenged it too. In the end, Darth Vader showed her criminal organization the Empire is not to be toyed with. But now, fearful whispers echo in every corner of the galaxy. Darth Vader is on the hunt, searching for anyone with any connection to the criminal organization known as Crimson Dawn. How deep is Crimson Dawn infiltrated, and is it worth the wrath of Vader? I do love a good Vader story, and a good Vader story is him rooting out anything, like whether it be Jedi, uh, traitors, or underworld elements. I'm here for that. I found this one interesting because you, they bring back um, Sebe, mm-hmm. and the way they bring her back is like, whoa, that's Padme, but it's not Padme. It's somebody else, but they kind of leave that as a cliffhanger, which is dumb. 
Um, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. And like, but we have Sabe here, and who's Sabe working for? And is she really helping Vader? Is she not helping Vader? And it's kind of one of those back and forth things. And like, she's an interesting character. Um, I mm-hmm. like Kira Knightley, so it's, it, it helps that uh, um, I, I like her character. And so <laughs> it's it, it's it, it's interesting. But they also bring back um, Kit Stir and um, Wald. <laughs> That's a little odd. <laughs> oh, but they're like, but. If you follow the um, the uh, the Padme books, Sabe mm-hmm. went to help free the slaves on Tatooine and actually help smuggle the slaves off. And these are the remnants of those smuggled slaves. And okay. so you have um, Kitster and Wald being part of that smuggled group of former slaves that are living in this one colony that... Um, ties together with Sabe and so it, it actually does make sense um very forced reference to Vader pod racing in there um <laughs> which I know pleased some of my friends and it felt ridiculously out of place to me but it is what it is <laughs> I do like the fact that with with the uh Sabe being in the other Padme novel and stuff like you know the character made a return to the public forum and they're like hey let's utilize her in this one too um I, I that's a character that I think is a brilliant way to get into Vader's head and the relationship that he is forming with her is interesting. I, I, I haven't gotten too deep into it, so I want to kind of see where that goes as we go. But I do like the idea that for all intents and purposes, there is a basic clone of Padme out there that can mentally make Vader pause. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Definitely. Um, so, so moving into Dr. Afra. Dr. Afra is basically over the course of the year. Um, basically she gets. You there? Yeah. It lost my internet for a sec. Should be okay. back. I hope. So I didn't hear what you were saying before you. Oh, no, I was just saying uh, I was moving us into Afrin and you started talking about it, which worked. <laughs> but I missed what you said because it glitched. OK. All right. So Dr. Afra, basically, um, like I said, she's kind of off on her own. She gets possessed by the ascendancy tech, which is kind of what we've been following all along. They're a group of people who are jealous of the force i would say um Mm -hmm. i don't know if they ever use that terminology but it's basically what they are is that they were so jealous of the force they use technology to recreate force powers and she gets possessed by one of these force kind of like force like techs um Mm -hmm. that take over her body and so it's kind of generally our storyline throughout Crimson Rain and beyond and it's it's connections to Crimson Rain are as far as I'm aware non-existent even though it says Crimson Rain on the title on the the covers of the the books oh weird I mean Afra is a character that I absolutely love I love the originality of the character and where they've placed her where 
what she would be doing in the galaxy is so vital to what the Empire wants in certain aspects, like we're looking for certain weapons and things like that, and the way she ends up getting tied into everything. I absolutely love it. Um, the synopsis for this one is, A deadly game for the galaxy's trickiest players. Dr. Aphra and Sanastaros have escaped the Virilian, but there's no evading the Crimson Dawn. Their spies are everywhere. As Dominia Tag contends with moles within her corporation and Aphra struggles with the damage inflicted on her by a powerful artifact, the two strike one last bargain. But who can Aphra really trust? Then our daring duo stumble upon a strange ritual and an even stranger enemy. Surely their story can't end like this at the hand of the practitioners of an ancient cult, can it? And of course, like, even, like, the synopsis just has this kind of Indiana Jones kind of uh, <laughs> seesawness to it. Like, I don't know. I just, I get a kick out of her character in general. Um, I, that's one, like, I want to go back and reread because, like, I don't remember whatever happened to her droid companions. Like, I remember that at, at one point she was kind of, like, beholden to the uh, 3PO droid and stuff, which kind of reminds Triple me of what's going on. Yeah, triple zero. Like, like for some reason, he was, like, her master? Like, I, I can't remember. I, I really got to go back and reread this from, like, one through, and then one through, and then one through again, because <laughs> so, yeah, so they, rusty. They, they come back, um, I believe, like, the, the some of the, the more recent issues. Um, they come back because, basically, her group of, we'll call them friends, um, not really, uh, she doesn't really have much in the way of friends, but, uh, these people who are trying to, um, depossess her. And I, if I'm, my memory's treating me correctly. It's been a couple months since I've read them. Um, they come back to help, uh, help Afra. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Afra, um, I mean, I just got an Afra, uh, black series, the, the second figure. I, I missed the first one, but. Man, I just, what a fun action figure. They used the same body they used for the Mara Jade one, which was great. But, uh, yeah, it's nice It's nice to see that kind of love for the comic characters that don't get into a lot of the books and aren't in any movies yet. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, so I didn't say uh, Darth Vader, the, the series came out uh, over the year 20 uh, through 29. Um, same as Star Wars, actually. Uh, exactly, mm. they're numbering was almost identical uh bounty hunters was also 20 through 29 afra on the other hand got um shifted during the year i think they they didn't release some for some a while and it was 17 through 27 came out uh-huh. we already talked about bounty hunters i don't know if i have much more to say about that. yeah i just uh we'll go over the synopsis i guess for those that are curious about it um let's see here In the wake of the shocking events of War of the Bounty Hunters, the underworld has become more dangerous than ever. Tanaga has assembled the greatest squad of bounty hunters in the galaxy, including Bosk, Zuckus, and Tassalich, for a special mission. As Tonga grieves the loss of an old friend, can she keep this ragtag band from killing each other long enough to become a real team? Hopefully so, because the Crimson Dawn organization leading the galaxy into all-out war... They're running out of time to save the young one young girl who can stop the conflict between the syndicates. Meanwhile, a mysterious bounty hunter is out to assassinate a high-ranking Imperial officer in a daring hit on a heavily armed cruiser. 
but have they been given the right target? Hmm. I mean, that just sounds yeah. like any kind of Star Wars story right now. Here's just uh, something going on. Could be yeah. more bombastic, but we're not going to attach it to a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it's confusing. It's hard to follow. Um, and it's, it, there's nothing really to draw you in. I, I, I it, it's rare that a issue of Bounty Hunters um, leaves me going, that was a good issue. Like, it's, right. it, yeah. Bounty Hunters uh, in general, I mean, even the legend stuff, like the Bounty Hunter stories you would think would be really good, but they ended up being lackluster. Um, and, and honestly, even with the Mandalorian, the bounty hunting side of things of that story did not make sense. Like how the fobs worked and stuff like it, it's bounty hunters are definitely one of the factions that, you know, we are going to see more stories of, but I feel like they really don't know what they're doing with the bounty hunters and the bounty hunter guild and what bounty hunting in, is in general. Um, I, I, especially with the whole fob thing, like that really made the whole idea of bounty hunting in the galaxy a lot more like uh, DoorDash. Like, here, yeah. take this fob, go pick up this person, and come right back. Anybody can do it. <laughs> Actually, I, I agree. It, things things got weird with that. <laughs> um, so tying into those, we had the standalone series Crimson Rain, um, five-issue series, but issues two through five were published in 2022. Um, and then following hidden uh, the the third arc, Hidden Empire, started at the end of the year. We got uh, Revelations, which was a one-issue series that kicked off the Hidden Empire. And it was a lot of um, synopses. It, like, it was a storyline, but it was mostly a storyline of synopses to catch you up on what was going on in those other four comic series. So you can get right into Hidden Empire and know what's happening because it's all a bunch of what? Um, we got our story spread so far, we got to kind of retell the story. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. And then Hidden Empire itself, which is another, um, I'm assuming, five-issue uh, standalone series, will uh, released issues one and two um, at the end of the year last year. And it's, again, it's... They're all three of these series has been so lackluster to me that it's one of those like I wish they would stop trying to draw it out. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's somebody who likes it. <laughs> it. It reminds me of like the Han Solo and Chewbacca run, right? Like. I, the characters that I really enjoy, and yet I feel like every time they're presented, they're hollow. It, it, it's just, you know, here's a pilot and his co-pilot. Like, I, I don't feel like it's really Han and Chewie anymore. Yeah. Well, speaking of Han and Chewie, apparently we have an ongoing series called Han, Han Solo and Chewbacca. I didn't know this was an ongoing series when they started it. I thought it was another one of those limited series. It's an ongoing series. And over the course of the year, they've released eight issues in two arcs, The Crystal Run and Dead or Alive. However, when we were getting the setup for Hidden Empire, they showed, I think it was in Revelations, um, they showed scenes from Han Solo and Chewbacca, meaning that this is tied to that series, but Han Solo and Chewbacca take place between Solo and A New Hope in that gap there. And we have oh. not seen whatever they're referencing. 
It has to be a run-in with Kira, right? <laughs> no, it's actually something to do with a um, a droid like processing unit that they apparently like um, stumbled upon and hid. Mm. Um, I could be wrong if anybody is going. You don't know what you're talking about. This is going off the top. <laughs> of it. Um, they like stumbled upon a droid processing unit, but it's like clearly the same artwork as the Han Solo and Chewbacca comic series, but it doesn't mm-hmm. tie to the Han Solo and Chewbacca series as we know it now. Like it could be a future storyline, but it's one of those like, why are you tying something into a storyline that we have not seen yet? Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of why are we doing this? Like, I, okay. <laughs> so, yes, we have that. Um, we had the Halcyon Legacy, which was a five part uh, anthology series. Basically, it had an overarching um, plot line of, oh, what's his name? Um, from Beriaga. Uh, no, no. Well, Bergyag is in one of the issues, but it was Crimson Crimson Jack. Okay. Yeah, the uh, the, the red guy? Yeah, so the Crimson Jack from the original Marvel series is trying to hijack the Halcyon, which is the Galactic Star Cruiser luxury hotel down in Disney World that they're trying to tie in everything. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the same team that did the Galaxy's Edge five-issue anthology series, exact same premise we have five issues of the comic you have an overarching storyline but in each of the issues you have the main story with the frame story kind of leading you along um and yeah Buryaga this is all shows set up. in the high republic right this one doesn't no. jump around no this one the frame story is set about a month prior to the time frame that the galactic galactic star cruiser and galaxy's edge is set so it's all okay. um, between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. That's the frame story. These, okay. Um, these other, the five stories that they tell in the frame story bounce around. And so okay. one is the High Republic. Um, I think a bunch, I think three others are just kind of randomly scattered. And then one is in the same time period as the frame story. Interesting. Because, yeah, the synopsis is, as the legendary Halcyon embarks on a momentous cruise, the ship heads towards a confrontation with the First Order. But what secrets from the High Republic era can help the passengers and the crew all these years later? How did Jedi Nibs and Biriaga fend off a Nile attack on one of the ship's first ever voyages? Dun, dun, dun. I mean, that one sounds like it could be fun and interesting. Um... It, it, again, we're in that era of, you know, I love Beriaga, but I don't know if, like, this is like a, oh, I got to read this story to find out what Beriaga did on that ship. Like, I don't know. If you're super <laughs> excited about the Halcyon, then yes, it's one, it's a, it's a story that is interesting and kind of gives you a little background on the ship itself. Mm-hmm. If you're one of those people who doesn't really care about the Halcyon, and then this is a story that really doesn't have any impact whatsoever on anything outside of that that ship itself. It was, it felt partially like an advertisement for the ship. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like how uh, uh, 
the Galaxy Edge, the oh, what the heck is the name of that book? Uh, the one with Vi, and it's all set on Batu, where when you, you know, the story set in the Star Wars universe isn't like bombastic, it isn't major. Black Spire, but yeah, Black Spire, but everything about the location on Batu. And and how it was described for Vi and and the way she finds her home on that planet made wanting to go to Black Spire at the actual park like it, it took my interest from a five to a eleven like I was like oh dude I want to do this and I kind of get that feeling like this could be some, one of those where like it, it piques your interest to want to take the cruise on the Halcyon maybe yeah it, it yeah pretty much like similar to that it's a uh... Like I felt like Black Spire was more an egregious example of um, advertising of the Galaxy's Edge than this is. Um, okay. This is still trying. Like I don't like anthology series uh, because yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, you don't get enough of a, a story there, and so it is mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It definitely d- seems to be the big theme that they're doing, though. We get a lot of those type of, of stories and stuff. And, I, I mean, to a degree, there was a part of me that was like, you know, I would like to see more of that. Like, I, I was always a big fan of the Tales of, getting more mm-hmm. uh, books and stuff. Like, I would love to have a Tales of the New Jedi Order or Tales of Rogue Squadron or something along that line. Um, but in this new era, once they've put everything from legends off to the side. A lot of the characters that I wanted to follow don't exist in this new canon and they're creating new characters that just haven't drawn me in in the same way. So like, I feel like there's that kind of a fight where you've got new fans that don't know they're, they're going to take whatever comes, but you've got the older fans that are still kind of like trying to find their place. (laughs) And it's like, I, I need that draw in. Like I need these characters to have more importance and to have bigger roles in some of these stories. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I understand. And like, I don't (coughs) flashback storytelling. Like just Mm -hmm. give me a story in the time period that you want to tell it. I don't need the flashback. Speaking of which, Obi-Wan series, number one through five was released. And again, Mm -hmm. it is told as a flashback. It is Obi-Wan preparing for Luke to arrive any minute and he's telling a story I honestly I don't even remember um, the story that well at all it took me forever to get Obi-Wan number one because this is it came out <laughs> during my um, between periods and your release hiatus <laughs> yeah and it was it was it's um, it basically uh, him thinking back on his time with Qui-Gon, I believe, like back mm-hmm. back when he was a young kid. And it kind of, it jumps around though. There's like um, issues where it's during the Clone Wars and issues like all the way back to when he's a Padawan. And it's, again, it's a framing story where you have five issues and they take place all over the timeline. And it, it was fine. It's nothing. Yeah, that, that's that's a, a potential for a really good story or a, a mediocre one. Like, depending on where the flashbacks go and what they're trying to push you towards a conclusion that Obi-Wan's coming to, I could see that being a very deep and enriching story for a fan of Kenobi or even a fan of uh, Qui-Gon. Yeah, if they had more of a connection to each other, I could see that. But... Mm. I think two out of the five issues were connected to each other, and that's about it. Oh, 
What's yeah. the point? Yeah. <laughs> and like we said, we had the the Mandalorian series where six issues came out this year, and it is literally re- just retelling the Mandalorian issue per episode. So mm. each issue was one episode of the series. So if you if if this is something you're looking for, then there's that. Um, right. Here, here's that same thing in an art form that you can now take a picture on ex- your phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, we got Visions. Uh, it was a one-shot comic. It ties into the um, oh, the Visions novel that came out. I'm blanking on the oh, name. the one, the one with yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about the the ninja guy. Um, God, what the hell was the name of that? <laughs> that is my problem with Disney's stories. <laughs> what was the name of that? What was the plot of that? I don't remember a lot of them. Like <laughs> this one, I actually I remember fairly well. I just don't remember the name of the Vision story. So basically, um, I keep wanting to call it Ronin. I don't know if that's actually that is. No, that's, oh, yeah, that's Ronin, correct. It was Ronin. Yeah, Ronin was the yeah. Um, so yep. that was the novel that came out earlier in the year, which. Um, expanded upon the short, the vision story short, which I don't remember the name specifically of either. Mm-hmm. But the visions one shot comic basically takes place before the novel. So it's a prequel to the novel and the short where the short is part of the novel. Okay. The, the the short was basically the beginning two or three chapters of the of the duel. Um so the duel was the short. The novel encompassed part of the duel and then went on from there. So it basically a right. sequel to the duel uh with the uh retelling of the duel itself. The comic is a prequel to that that takes place quite a bit um time. I like the artwork. It wasn't as impactful as it could have been to the story, mm-hmm. but it was it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It's like one issue, one off. Um, like I feel like you could really expand upon that if you wanted to. Right. You know, and one of the positive things about it is is the fact that Lucasfilm is willing to tell stories that aren't in canon. As as happy as that makes me, <laughs> I'm still like, can I get a legend story now? Come on. Need some Jaina solo stories. <laughs> yeah. So then we have Yoda, which is what appears to be another ongoing series, and it's like it looks like we have six or seven ongoing series now, uh, nice. which is a lot more than I've ever seen them come out with at one time. Like I don't know how far they're going to take the Yoda series, but it to me it seems like it's ongoing. Um, the first. Mm-hmm. Two issues of that have come out, Light and Life. And um, I don't think there's not enough out of it for me uh, to really have an opinion on it one way or the other. Nothing pulling you in yet. I'm of the opinion with Yoda that he is a very underutilized character for one and a character that they really don't know what to do with. Um, Like. It's almost like the more that they go in and tell us about Yoda, the more it's obvious they don't have a clue what they're doing with him. And I worry about it. It's like, just go with the Lucas route. Less is more at this point. Um, 
you know, when they went back to the High Republic, Yoda's still active. He's actually still a Grand Master of the Order. And yet, he doesn't really play much of a role in anything. I mean, he is in some of the stories and stuff, but not as, like, a main character. Um, and so, like, yeah, it's exciting. We get some stories about Yoda, but, like, I, I don't feel like it's going to be even as insightful as Dark Rendezvous was, where we got to see that that clip of, you know, Dooku looking at Yoda and seeing what would have happened if Yoda would have embraced the dark side. Give me my rose. Like, like that was a great scene. I don't know if we're going to get scenes like that with Yoda. I feel like they really don't know what they're doing with the character. Yeah, so the, the comic series, again, is a flashback. It starts off with Yoda waiting for Luke. And so it, it takes place during The Empire Strikes Back based on, like, kind of, um, the timeline, Luke is already on his way uh, towards Yoda. So Yoda's just waiting for Luke, but he's telling this story. And unlike the Obi-Wan, this is not an anthology series. It is just one story, um, maybe a couple arcs. I think it, they mentioned it has 10 issues overall. So it may be just like three okay. arcs total. But this first arc is him thinking of a story back that takes place between the two phases of the high Republic. So it doesn't oh, have like okay. a set time, like knocked down, but you know, you're in between these two phases of the high Republic. So it's, it definitely, bridge. I don't think it's a bridge. It just happens to be in that time period. <laughs> well, like in the high Republic in general, we don't get much Yoda. Like, yeah, yeah, he's in the high Republic adventures. And even then he's barely in the high Republic adventures and he kind of disappears at one point, it kind of goes off and does his own thing, of which they make comments in the books. Uh, where's Yoda? Beats me. Right. Uh. They almost make it sound like it's something important that Yoda's doing, and we're all going to find out about it later. And yet, as the years have gone by and we're waiting for more publishing to come forward, we're not getting anything. It's just like, yeah, he just went on a mission and disappeared. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. All, all right. right. And that's all of Marvel that is not the High Republic. Mm -hmm. um, of the High Republic, like I said, we didn't get much. They wrapped up Phase One, where with um, the main the High Republic line, uh, the story itself was called Jedi's End, and we got thirteen to fifteen of that. That wrapped up. We got Trail of Shadows, which wrapped up uh, issues four and five of that. We got issues one and two of Eye of the Storm, which was the entire arc of Eye of the Storm. Um, and that was all of phase one at the beginning of the year. I think that completely wrapped up by March. Eye of the Storm 2 came out at the end of March. And that was the, the end end of phase one was Eye of the Storm. Um, mm -hmm. After all the books, after all the comics, like that is the last story for phase one. And I really liked right. Eye of the Storm. I thought they did a really good job. I'm liking the High Republic in general. Trail of Shadows I thought was great. Um, even the main like High Republic line, I think they're doing a really good job on. So those those are those are good. And then at the end of the year, they started Phase Two's comic series, and so we had Balance of the Force one through three came out, and then I think it's a two issue um, arc called The Blade. Um, that one I'm excited for. Yeah, it came, like I, I it was supposed to come out in November by all their advertisements, but it did not come out. It kept getting pushed and pushed, and so theoretically, uh, it came out at the end of December, but I don't know for certain, because I don't got it yet. Right. Yeah, that's one of the characters that came from the books that I was really excited about, and the fact that we're getting to see you know, his past 
gets me a little excited. Uh, the title for the the last of the main uh, one, the Jedi's End, that sounds so good, right? And yet, that wasn't really what we got. Like, you know, we saw a Jedi's End. <laughs> no. I feel like that story, like, I don't know. I feel like there's a big push between murky on Rose Nile and wiping out the Jedi, and yet, like, why he's doing it and stuff really hasn't been put forward. There's a lot of people in a lot of the stories in this era that don't like Jedi and they don't really go into a lot of the details as to why, you know, you've got these different cults and groups and stuff that are all against the Jedi. You've got these characters that hate Jedi. And yet like we never get the personal reasons for any of it. It's just like, Oh, they just hate Jedi. Like, okay. I think they're getting examples. I think they're getting into it in kind of phase two here where it's stems from a lot of jealousy. Um, Okay. They can do stuff that you can't do. So we don't trust them because of that. Like, okay. Cause like I did enjoy like with Karen Travis's books, the way she would go about how the clones would look at the Jedi and the, and the Mandalorian, uh, Kuldavar that were helping the clones, the way that they're, points of view and opinions on the Jedi would color how the clones looked at the Jedi. And, you know, a lot of people hated it. Oh, you know, she hates the Jedi. But, like, it was a point of view that we were seeing. And, like, I, I, to me, that worked really well. And that's something I hope we see more when it comes to Marky on Rose's family, I guess, because now with 150 years in the past, he's not really in the plot. It's more of, like, how did the events shape his family and their hatred to shape him. At least that's kind of the impression I'm getting, Um, you know, and then jumping back, it was going to help us with the aspect of the alien species that is destroying the Jedi. We're going to find out more about them. Uh, But again, you know, one of the biggest things I've noticed when it comes to Disney publishing star Wars stories is there's so much potential for really good stories and they don't always plot it out well enough that, there's always a lot of missed opportunities, and I hope that we don't have that with this era because this is a wide open era. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, I think like Trail of Shadows and Eye of the Storm <coughs> both tied in really well with the Fallen Star. Jedi's End, I believe, also mm-hmm. was starting to tie in with like the end part tied in with Fallen Star too, and so it made a really good tie in together with that that novel. And gave you um, really well balanced uh, narrative because the, the fallen star did not tell you what was happening on the other part of the station that was as it got right. ripped apart. But these comic series has filled you in on that part as well as the background oh, of Marky on Row. Um, I, I storm was all Marky on Row, like a hundred percent right, him. and um, kind of give you where, what these beasts are and where they're coming from. And then I think phase one or phase two kicks off kind of, we know where they're going. This is where they kind of, not even where they come from, but kind of where they are at this time period. Mm-hmm. So, so it actually gave us the North end of the station and what was going on there. Did it also yes. give us uh, what was going on on the ship? Um, Cause they brought in the ship that was on the station and they were trying to get people off. And so like there was, Plots going on with the ship that we never really saw, as well as the north end of the station. So I was always curious, like, the way it was completely left out of the story, I thought they got to be telling this in, an, in some other kind of medium. Because, you, like, you mean the medical frigate that they, they pulled in? From? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, I yeah, don't the, think we've seen that at all. I think that was kind of its uh, 
were assuming that nothing happened there and it was just kind of um okay everything was good so okay so it's just the north end of the station we finally get to see at least what happened with that well that's cool though yes um so that's it for marvel that's everything uh idw like i mentioned we had four comics uh released three of them were high republic adventures including the galactic bake-off spectacular which is just as terrible as it sounds um (laughs) and it ties in with the is the high republic adventures galactic bake-off spectacular and it ties in it's basically like 10.5 um of the high republic adventures line it like it literally like slots in like right into their time series is uh, it's like, but, why didn't we just number it? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of one of those, like, why didn't you just number it? But, the, um, like, if you <coughs> read the High Republic, um, oh, the last High Republic book by Daniel Jose Older, um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, but he didn't, he didn't do Midnight Horizon, right? It may have no. been Midnight Horizon, um, because I get Mission to Disaster and Midnight Horizon... Uh, mixed up. I think. Yes, it's Midnight Horizon. Was um Danny yep. Jose older? Uh, so these comics tie in tightly to that book. Basically, this is a sequel to that comic series, or a wrap up if you will for the phase one of those characters because all the characters like are in that from the comic series go on to this book and so right if you're one of those going what happened with um those characters well this is where you're getting it and I, i find the high republic adventures is more like it's it's not the event that's really what's pulling you in it's the adventure that these kids are on and getting to understand who these kids are like, like that's the real value of this story. Yeah, it's if you like these characters, they continue on into the book. If you don't like these characters, they continue on into the book. <laughs> so it's one of those, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> regardless if you like them or not, this is what you're getting. Right, right. And then if you're wondering where they came from, well, here's the comic. <laughs> yeah. And then, like I said, Star Wars Adventures number 14 was the last one, which also includes one of the two stories, a very Nihil interlude, again, um, part of the final uh, phase one stories. Uh, Dark Horse released four comics, um, three of which were hyperspace stories. Those are the random one-off stories completely inconsequential to anything again basically follows the <laughs> idw template and it's uh, there like people had hoped that they would do something different it's exactly the same it's a different publisher if you didn't know it was a different publisher you would not notice the difference wow i mean yay dark horse is back but they're telling idw stories which were kind of like the third tier of the new stories coming out as yeah it was and then the last one is the, our Dark Horse, the High Republic Adventures, which is just the High Republic Adventures again, except for this time we don't get a subtitle to the comic issue. At least number one did not have any subtitle whatsoever, so <laughs> I can't even identify what issue other than calling it number one. Um, I wrote Quest of the Jedi, but that's the entire 
phase two is called Quest of the Jedi, so I don't know. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And then, and then from there we uh, go to one of our favorites. Yeah, we get, um, according, if you follow the Wikipedia list of releases, they had a bunch of mangas that came out. Uh, Rebels Volume 3 is the only one that I believe was released in the U.S. Um, because I have been collecting those, the, they're kind of the thicker um, trade paperback size uh, or digest size uh, manga books. Mm-hmm. And I believe I have Rebels Volume 1 and 2. I don't think I picked up 3 yet, but I do enjoy those. Um, but they also have a lot of the Visions episodes rewritten as mangas. And I was trying to. I was, out, yeah, there was a few of these that I'm like, I don't recognize this name, and I was wondering if that might have been the case. There, so we have the Elder, Lapanocho, the Ninth Jedi, and the Twins. I may have missed others in the list, but they're all manga adapt- adaptations uh, that were in a big, big Gangan, um, literally the name of the series. The uh, I'm going to say magazine or newspaper collection collection yeah it's called big big gangan um <laughs> and this one like specifically uh as i'm looking is lapanocho is in volume seven so it's kind of mixed in with other stuff hmm. interesting out of all these the one that i most would love to have is the mandalorian one because like when I when I stop and I think about the type of art, right, that we get, some of my favorite New Jedi Order covers were the Japanese covers. So, I mean, anytime you get that type of a style of art that's taking Star Wars and, and shifting it to that, like, I'm down. And I love armor. So, yeah, that I think would just be cool just to look at not even not even have to read the story just to flip through it and, and check out the art i think the mandalorian would be a cool one yeah it says like if you go to the web page it says the mandalorian is a manga adaptation of the television series the mandalorian um it is written and illustrated by yusuke As- asawa and began serialization in japan on mine 25th in big gangan manga magazine Nice. And so it's another just, um, it looks like it's just an adaptation of The Mandalorian, but in manga format this time. Um, and you list down, it's, it is, it's just a magazine called Big Gungan. Um, <laughs> it's funny, too, because I kept thinking you were saying Gungan. It's Gangan, G-A-N. Well, that, well that's so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I thought it was Gungan, too, when I was looking. I'm like, is this like, like how Star Wars is this? But it's like, yeah, it's... I don't know because it's just published in Japan that what is right. um, what this is or what it relates to anything. If we will ever see this again or uh, or not again, but outside of the outside of Japan in like an English adaptation, like the Rebels Volume Three manga is an English adaptation of the um, mangas, or uh, Lost Stars came out with the um, manga adaptation, right. That's all I got for the comics. Yeah, that's a, that's all we got for comics. In fact, uh, now is a good time for us to solicit your feedback. Um, what were your favorite comics? What were your favorite books of 2022? Uh, you know, send us some emails and stuff. If we get enough of that feedback, maybe we'll do a feedback episode like we used to do in the past. Because, um, yeah, there's a lot of stories out there. You know, what did you enjoy? What did you hate? Which characters did you love? There's plenty of conversation out there. Yeah, I did not talk about any of the trade pub- 
uh, paperbacks, but pretty much all of these, um, if they haven't had a trade paperback yet, they, they'll come out. <laughs> like, that's kind of, <laughs> I just wanted to focus on uh, what, uh, right. the initial releases. Right. Why, why retread the same content? Well, now that about wraps up this episode of Star Wars Beyond the Films. We'd like to thank you once again for hanging around with us as we ponder on sharing our fandom. And remember, you can always listen to our episodes streaming online on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes are also available on Stitcher as well as Spotify and even on iTunes. And as always, we encourage you to leave us a review while you're at it. You can find links to our episodes on both our Twitter and Facebook pages at SWBeyondFilms or just type in Stars Beyond the Films in the search bar. Hey, but no matter how you get there, be sure to like our Facebook page. It is the best way to interact with us. It's our own home one, if you will. Not only can you post comments to us about the show, we love interacting with you fellow fans, so if you have any Star Wars questions, Legends questions, or you just want to comment about past episode, fire off. You can always email us directly at swbeyondfilms at starwarsfamers.com, which we're looking for that feedback, so that's where you want to send it. All right, so speaking of past episodes, you can find all of them at www.starwarsreport.com slash beyondthefilms. And lastly, before we go, we'd like to mention our sponsors, Audible. If you go to www.audibletrial.com slash starwarsreport, you get a free trial run of Audible to see what they're all about. Our sponsors have more than 100,000 titles. You can explore the Star Wars Expanded Universe, the Canon Universe, or any other genre without risk of being stuck with a book you flat out hate, because Audible members can exchange any book within 12 months, yep, that's one year, with no questions asked. So in this digital age, if you're thinking of making the switch from the page to the audiobook, Audible just might be right for you. So, once again, for Stars Beyond the Films, this has been Mark and Whistler. And Jim. Saying, thanks for listening, and may the force be with you. And don't quote us the odds that next year's comics or this year's comics will be less lackluster than I feel last year's comics were. Sorry I was kind of negative. I don't like being negative so much, but it's kind of where the comics left me. I, I felt they were, I read them all and they felt they were all, all, not all, but a good chunk of them were lackluster. When when the wind blows, the wind blows, and sometimes the story blows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, but next year, let's hope, or this year, let's hope for better, better tidings, better weather. Uh-uh. Amen to that. So we're we're just all over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's early on the West Coast. I I don't have those extra three hours you do to wake up right. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm not a morning person, so um, that works out, right? Those extra three hours are just that's when when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep, 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 yep. Well, here at Stars before. <laughs> This is the French, the French version of Star Wars. Uh, at least we were recording right when Mark's brain stopped working altogether.